Hello. We have everybody. The gang is back. So Dane cut us off in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Gigless Podcast, a podcast showcasing the works and talents of those who lost their gigs due to the COVID-19 pandemic. This podcast will feature a range of creatives from the tri-state area who are young visionaries and who contribute to their craft despite the recent events that have happened. Join us today as our host, Remy Levivik, speaks with Brittany Lee McDonald, Stephanie Regina, and Eileen Conley from Explanation of Benefits, the musical history of healthcare. Explanation of Benefits is a show regarding the frustrations felt by the writers and those who've experienced hardship when dealing with the healthcare system. It takes a historic look through the lenses of clients, physicians, and politicians in regards to healthcare. The creators describe the show as absurd, dark, and real, while expressing it through a humorous and musical art form. You can learn more about the musical in the show notes of this episode. Enjoy. and welcome back to Gigless, the podcast that is showcasing creatives in the tri-state area who lost their gigs due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, we have the Explanation of Benefits crew with us and cast, and they are going to tell us about their lovely show because they're actually a experimental sketch comedy theater group. Uh, my name is Eileen Keneally. I am one of the founders of Explanation of Benefits. Um, Explanation of Benefits is a musical about the history of health insurance, and we incorporate sketch comedy, musical theater, and experimental theater uh, into a single hour-long show about health insurance in America. My name is Stephanie Regina. I am also one of the founders of Explanation of Benefits. I joke around that I represent the experimental portion where I love doing weird things. I'm Emily Lowinger. Um, I am a co-founder of Explanation of Benefits and I play the guitar. If you ever hear guitar, that's me. <laughs> Great. So I just want to know more about you guys and your background. What made you guys want to start? What made you guys want to start this project and come together? Well, we all went to high school together. We went to a performing arts high school in Jersey. And so when we started working together, it wasn't, we didn't set out to write about health insurance, funnily enough. But um, we started off as a sketch comedy group. And I'm going to let Emily take why we switched over to music, uh, to healthcare. Um, we started working together when we were maybe 27 or 28. Um, and so we were already off our parents because similarly to you, we had, we all had insurance from our parents. Yeah. Never really thought about it much. But then once we got to that age where it became our responsibility, we all kind of had our own challenges with it. And, you know, it wasn't just the challenges. It was how the whole thing worked and how, you know, if you had a problem, the problems are always so hard to solve because there's, you know, not communication happening through the different, you know, your provider and the insurance company. And we were all having frustrations. It got to the point where it was 
kind of so frustrating that it felt like the only thing to do was to try and make something out of it, put it on stage. So we started kind of small and just sort of almost reenacting um, experiences we were going through um, with healthcare, making them a little funnier than in real life. And then eventually that turned into making an entire show about just healthcare. And while we were going through this transition of having to either pay for or find an employer who would support us in terms of um, having health insurance or having benefits, Eileen and I were both uh, working at doctor's offices. So I was working at a dentist, dentist office and I was working at a physician office at the time. So we were also seeing the other end of the spectrum and we were seeing how it wasn't just us who were struggling with insurance, but the physicians themselves who were dealing with the difficulty of communicating with insurance and getting paid by insurance and things like that. Yeah. And I was actually doing events and one of those events was a healthcare, like health tech, you know, kind of conference. So I, then there's like the other business side of seeing that, you know, healthcare, I mean, you know, it's a very uh, lucrative space, so to speak. Um, so yeah, actually. And in doing that, I met, um, that's how I met um, an executive for one of for the insurance company that we criticize. <laughs> how was that? that? It was awkward because he. I was checking him into an event and I said, "Oh, I have that insurance," and he was so shocked and like kind of scared. And he was like, "Do you like it?" And I was like, mm -hmm. "You know, it's. Uh, it was hard to. I got my point across without with the losing tone. your job. <laughs> yeah, without losing my job. It was really challenging." I was like, well, you know, it is. A, it, they advertise that it's a very limited plan, and it really is, you know, because I was on catastrophic insurance, um, and that, you know, that sort of is where you can only get preventative services, um, right? And then everything else, basically, you have to pay for, and that kind of struck me as bizarre because it's like, so then if you really need actual help, you can't, you know, you're not you'd have to pay out of pocket. And odds are, if you're in a situation where you're buying a catastrophic plan, it's because you don't have a lot of money. Those are the cheaper plans. So right. it puts you in a position where you're a little screwed if something major kind of happens. Right. Um, so yeah, we were all thinking about it kind of nonstop and um, yeah, just went with that. Absolutely. I would definitely see that as a way of coping with things, especially like so many people use comedy as an outlet to just let things go, especially like really hard and difficult things. Uh, definitely insurance. And especially now because we're in this pandemic, people are really starting to like, I think that they were aware of it, but people are really starting to realize that there is a problem within our system about who different levels of insurance, different types of insurances. And for you guys that have worked behind the desk at an office, I can only imagine what happened on the daily for you. You know, also as creative people, as theater people, like to see that, you know, have one gig, have a day job and then have a night gig and the duality of both sides. No, absolutely. I mean, um, I think Stephanie did get her insurance from her job, but Emily and I both did not get benefits through our through our jobs so trying to have a job that was flexible enough to allow for creative work but also then that paid enough to be able to 
by our own health insurance uh, definitely presented some obstacles. Right. So on a lighter note, what does your typical gig look like? Well, for the last year, we've been doing um, pretty much exclusively this Explanation of Benefits musical. It's an hour, roughly an hour long show that we uh, perform at Caveat, which is a theater downtown in the city. And we had just started our first like run of shows. We were going to do one show a month for four or five months, and we were two days out from our second performance when when things kind of went into shutdown. So most of that did not happen. Right. And can you tell our listeners what that process was? Like, who, how did you guys find out that you guys were getting canceled? Did you guys have to make that call? Did the theater make that call? The theater ultimately made the call. We had been in rehearsal um, pretty much every day the week leading up to our show was meant to be on the 14th of March. And they were very communicative. They were trying as hard as they possibly could to keep the doors open. They, they were cleaning constantly and we hadn't really sold very many tickets. So we weren't too worried about the capacity issue. Um, but ultimately, once kind of Broadway theater shut down and that and that came down from the government, they they decided it was best to pull the plug on the live shows and it was the right call. Absolutely, because again, you guys are primarily in New York City performing and that's where the epicenter of this whole thing is. What's in place in, in the New York, New Jersey area that has been able to like help artists Nothing specifically in New York City that I've seen, but there are things that are happening nationally um, on like that I've seen coming in through Creative Capital or um, Foundation for the Arts that are these like tiny little seed grants of like um, like a hundred to five hundred dollars uh, for artists and groups and uh, people who need that kind of support. But it also is a lot is that I've seen is lottery based. So you apply with a little bit about yourself and your and your work. And then they kind of pull from a lottery, which I respect and understand. Like, how do you decide who gets that money and who doesn't? Um, but, you know, you realize that the odds are really against us. So um, we've uh, just decided to take it upon ourselves and reach out to our community. Um, and we started kind of like a fundraising type uh, uh, push we, uh, we wanted to pay our artists for our previous show. And the way that the payout from this venue was going to happen was going to be at the end of the run. And that's what we agreed upon. And we were happy to abide by that. Um, but it was unclear when the run was going to end. So we decided to just go to our community and say, we need your support. We want to be able to support our artists for at least the first show that they did. And then we also started our Patreon but it was also pretty incredible the kind of support that we received just by reaching out to our community. Absolutely. Um, I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the healthcare topic has, um, is such a visceral issue for so many people that, that a lot of people really have connected to our work. And so when we put the call out to say like, you know, cause in that, in the course of one week, all three of us pretty much lost our jobs and we lost the show. So when we said, look, we, we need money to make sure that our artists can put food on their table, people answered the call and we are eternally grateful to them. 
Excellent. So for our listeners, in a typical show, is it just you three performing or are there more people on stage? We generally have uh, an additional three actors and two musicians. Okay. And mm-hmm. to anybody that you want to promote, I'll put them in the show notes as well so Certainly. that people can find them. And so, you know, as a group, how are you guys coping with this emotionally and mentally? Not well. <laughs> Absolutely. We, we try to talk and just like, you know, it's hard because I feel like everyone's, you know, dealing with stress and, you know, it's like there, it's such a weird paradox because there is more time, but I feel like your brain is so stressed and sort of scattered. And, oh, if someone, if, if someone calls, you have to answer and just stop what you're doing because, you know, who knows why they're calling. You want to, you know, so it, it feels just that things are very, it's different. Like, I feel like the collaboration process is slightly different um, because while we have more time, we also, things just feel like they take, you know, they take longer. More time um, and less focus. More time and less, yeah, I just, I feel like I, yeah, things that normally would be something I could do f- pretty quick just take longer. Um, and I also, I also feel like so much of our work is us, the three of us being in the same room mm-hmm. yeah. and we will stay in the same room for hours and either do nothing or say nothing, or we'll write an entire play. And I think, um, finding that groove is difficult because emotionally we are all dealing with so many different things from like the virus to like friends and family members being unwell and then like ourselves having to take care of ourselves and for the three of us to all be in the same place of like ready to work ready to get something done like mentally yeah Yeah. then literally like having the space and time to do it and then getting us all on the same call uh it's this I didn't realize I took for granted the amount of time the time we were able to spend together before I know and the I just but I just the other yeah. issue that we face that's kind of particular to us is being a healthcare show, trying to find the right level um, of, of things to talk about. We, we usually do not shy away from um, really digging into the issues in our healthcare system. And um, yeah, I was going to say we should describe our show. Yeah. Like, our, like our, our more and more detail, what our normal show is. Yeah. But, but right now it's kind of hard to know. It, it, first of all, the information is changing all the time. You know, pe- we're, as people are learning new things and, and the information is changing, if we spend three days making a video, it could be pointless by then. Um, yeah. We also feel pretty strongly that like, we don't want to be giving out uh, information about what you should do. Like we're not doctors, we're not scientists. Like we don't want to be where people are coming for that kind of information. Um, and I think a lot of people are just looking for distraction and how, how we can be that distraction is something that we've definitely been struggling with. Yeah. yeah. And so as Emily said earlier, what, what is your typical, like, what's the last topic that you guys discussed in your show? Well, we have two, two versions of our show. Um, right. The first version is, is about um, medical insurance Mm-hmm. So it starts off in the 
late 1800s talking about how the kind of concept of medical insurance came to be and takes you uh, through time to, um, you know, the effect of World War II and the effect of, um, I can't think of anything now, suddenly my brain is gone, but you know, I just Medicare. Yeah, Medicare, pharma, developing, um, explains yeah. to people about um, the Clinton attempts at reforms, Obama's attempts at reforms, things that people are doing today. Um, I mean, Baxter and Whitaker, <laughs> the PR artists. Oh you know, yeah, uh, and and we talk a lot about people who have attempted to reform health insurance throughout the years, and then the people and the ways in which that they have been shut down. So whether that's um, Who's Baxter and Whitaker? Sorry, Sorry I don't know who they are. Um, Baxter and Whitaker are were a pair of um, political lobbyists, the first really political lobbyists in in America. They uh, ran campaigns against lots of different uh, attempts at healthcare reform throughout the kind of forties. But they were also lovers they were also a married couple they were They're emily's favorite people because <laughs> i always liked the sleazy characters and they were They're very sleazy. sleazy like just like totally in it for the money they were like evil geniuses they did, did marketing for basically republican ideas and kind of pushed the you know idea that having you know it would be socialist and like you know pro-Russia or pro-Germany to have like universal health care and use a lot of scare tactics. And really what we try to do with the history is show how it's all kind of the same. We're, all, we're cycling through many of the same things um, in terms of the reform attempts and the fights against it. It's very much the same arguments over and over but again. in the show we then juxtapose those those stories of historical uh timelines against kind of our our personal stories that we've uh, drama, uh dramatized um a modern retelling of of a woman who doesn't have or is underinsured she's not uninsured but she's underinsured and trying to seek care and uh generally speaking things don't go too well for her Right, because she's forced to kind of decide, the character's forced to decide, do I pay? Do I pay even though I don't feel like I totally can or that I should? Or do I kind of let this thing run its course and take a risk health-wise that this might not, you know, could be serious, but how do I know unless I pay to get, you know, specialist work done? Absolutely. Very heavy, just very heavy subject matter that you guys are naturally working with. So I guess my next question is, what are you guys doing in response? Like, are so what are the new projects that you guys are looking into that you can talk about the history, that you can compare it to now? What is something that you are focusing on to like, you know, turn to make it either you know, lighter or to reflect on an issue because everything that you're talking about is accurate, has happened and is happening now. And you express that through your characters, so. And you'd be surprised though, people do laugh at some of the stuff we do. There is, it's serious that people, we, we it's, you know, people are able to 
um, laugh at some of these scenarios, even though it's very dark. It's extremely dark. Well, because it's absurd. Like the yeah, whole it's absurd. It's absurd. Um, one of the things that we are working on right now, there is a section in our show that talks about how you can advocate for yourself in um, situations like in the doctor's office or the pharmacy and the pharmacy or your hospital. If you, if you find yourself in the hospital. Um, so we're trying to find ways to make that digital and accessible to people um, who aren't able to come see the show. Um, and we're also uh, touching base and like writing songs about what we're kind of going through. Um, we have a song on YouTube that's uh, about social distancing that Emily wrote and we kind of found, tried to find a way to sing together online. Um, it's also on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> I'm going to put the link to the show notes. Trust me, because that's how you do a podcast. <laughs> right. Um, so are you guys looking at any different ways in expressing yourselves? Or I know that everyone's primarily using Skype and Zoom. Are you guys thinking about pushing those elements? Are you guys going back to drawing? Are you guys doing, you know? other artistic outlets? Um, not really. Artistic crying sometimes, I don't know. <laughs> well, we might do, you know, we, we're trying to actually work out, you know, we're in talks with the, the theater that we normally do our show at, that we've been performing at for a um, couple of months now. They're doing some live stream shows, so we're figuring out if that's something we can do um, and how we would incorporate our music, our, our musical element into that. Um, and then, hey, maybe we'll do a podcast, you know, who <laughs> knows? Healthcare. Something, well, yeah, cause we have like, you know, we have like songs and um, things that we could stitch together. Um, but yeah, we're still sort of, you know, Figuring we've it out. released a few videos um recently um but yeah kind of figuring out is there a way we can do what feels like a show um right yeah and so yeah is there just you know and this is just for me personally and I think for many other listeners as someone as people who do this type of show you you've mentioned earlier that history is in a form repeating itself would you guys be comfortable with me asking how you think history is repeating itself? I mean, I think the most obvious way is that like there's a big push now for healthcare reform, right? Like there's a, a lot of talk about Medicare for all, a lot of talk about a public option. And it, it, in a lot of ways, I mean, it, less so now, but a couple of months ago, I think there was this feeling in um, liberal circles, at least, of like an inevitability, like this is going to happen this time. We're we're so close. We're gonna get it, and people have been there before, right? Like we've we've seen other people try to uh, make some of these reforms before, and we've seen the ways in which they've been taken down are a lot uh, have a lot of similarities to the ways that they're being taken down now, mm -hmm. right? Stephanie, you were smiling, so. Yeah, I was going to say, like, all the way back to the 40s. And in this around that time, they were also using cap, um, communism and socialism as, like, threatening and scary. 
Um, and the health insurance began because the hospital was the place, was like a, a place where people would go to die. Like you never wanted to find yourself in the hospital when you like people would come, like a doctor would come to your house or if you like, and you would, or you would have like a family doctor, but if you were poor, you didn't go to the doctor. You would just get so sick or so injured that you had to go to the hospital. And then that was like a death sentence. And, and that was what time period? This is like the 1800s. Okay. And then we can obviously go farther than that. And it's of like, course. Your, it's... your hair, bar, your person who cut your hair also like tore off your limbs if you yep. needed to. Um, but uh, that health insurance was meant to protect people and keep hospitals afloat. So it was, you know, it was, it was not, it was meant to help everybody. And now that it's been privatized or for how many years that it's been privatized, um, we can see with other countries in the way that they're dealing with the, with this um, pandemic, how that has helped a small group of people for a very long time and how that is now like as so deeply affected and in, in a very negative way, an even larger group of people for many, many years and now in a very intense um, way, which we haven't even really seen. Like, I wonder if anyone's received an EOB, an explanation of benefits uh, for COVID-19 treatment. Can I just, um, the, what, the history repeating itself, a socialist ran for president like a hundred years ago, named Eugene Debs. And so, and the pan, the flu pandemic was about a hundred years ago too. I feel like we're very much nothing is new. Nothing, nothing is new. Is, nothing is and socialism got really popular around a hundred years ago. Like there was an actual, it seemed like sort of possible the way it does now. So, um, absolutely. And you guys are just such an interesting group of people to interview for Giglis because you're all thespians that are focusing on, you know, healthcare on your daily performances, you know, and then <laughs> this whole thing hits. So, and then I guess that brings me to my next set of questions. Um, where do you guys see yourselves in the future? I want to see ourselves in a freaking real theater and not on Zoom. Yeah, that's what I. <laughs> I want to be able to do a show in front of real people. Right. You know? And I, but also, yeah, just continuing to, you know, we have to, like, we're also thinking like, how will our show be now, given what's happening, and how are we going to update our, our okay. show. Yeah. yeah, because it's yeah. just, you know, now everyone's going to have a different relationship that. to yeah. their health insurance now, regardless of what you had before. Yeah, yeah. and with healthy mean. So mm -hmm. we also, the show that we was, was canceled, the first show that was canceled, we're at two at this point. The first show that was canceled, um, we were supposed to have a public health specialist and a, an ER doctor in on to as like an interview either during intermission or at the end of the show um and so in the future that's definitely something that we're excited and looking forward to is getting professionals and experts involved in the conversation um and 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 recognizing that they also have opinions about this that probably are very similar to everyday human beings <laughs> 
Absolutely. Yeah. And touring. And also, That's the other thing we were hoping yeah, to do touring. in the future. We had been oh, yeah. in the middle of setting up a tour to take the show on the road and that uh, was dashed, unfortunately. So where were you going to go in case they're listening? Um, we had been DC. hoping to get down to DC uh, with a couple of, of theaters down there. Richmond. Maine, uh, the Northeast, anyone in the Northeast. <laughs> if you, yeah, anywhere in the Northeast. Want us, if, I can, if we can drive there, then I'll be there. I would imagine yeah. Boston because Boston's a really big like science and medical and then a lot of people that graduate from all the universities there a lot of them go into the medical field well if you know somebody yeah, with theater you can uh, hook us up yeah, yeah anywhere where we can drive and bring our props and ourselves yeah yeah oh my I goodness. also think something we want to do with the show is talk about because I mean we we in our show we talk about how obviously what is so unique about the American healthcare system is that it, insurance is largely tied to your employment situation. Um, and that's something we definitely, you know, we bring up in the history um, of the show, but also in the fact that the main character who you see alongside is a freelancer. So that's why she has crappy insurance. But I think now that's something that the virus has like really opened up to in the conversation is the fact that it's tied to your job. And that's why this is so shitty, because if you lose your job, you might be losing your health care. And this is when you need health care. And, you know, it, yeah, it's just very it, it just seems, you know, yeah. very ridiculous because. Um, so many yeah. loopholes. Yeah, so many loopholes yes. for no reason. Yeah. And, and, and the extra added layer of mental health and the fact that that's something that our country is like only starting to understand, but societally we still like there's stigma around it. But the mental health issues, not just in being in quarantine, but having loved ones that you can't say goodbye to and family members that you say goodbye to, not realizing that's the last time you're ever going to see them. Um, that there's so many layers in terms of mental health in our country right now that is really the three of us I know are dealing with our own ways and finding or finding ways to deal with <laughs> or yeah. um, and that in terms of uh either the the theme of the show or the idea or the thesis of the show or that that's a main part of in our show moving forward that's definitely something that we are interested in looking at and, and working toward yes because funerals are closure that's another big thing. Funerals are closure and the whole, the whole culture with that is completely changing and everything is just, you know, we, they, I heard a professor of mine said, you know, graves aren't there for the dead. They're there for the living primarily, at least in our American society. Like we have someone, we have a place to go back to and visit and even though the, for most people, depending on what you believe, maybe the spirit's not there, but the body is. And that's a, that's a whole subject matter that's going to be delved into. And I think that culturally, like we will be going through a shift with that. And I think that you're right, that mental health is, is now more than ever, people need to be taking care of it. You know, I check in with my friends, I message people and because you know, I can't physically be there for them. I can at least, you know, give them a call. Like I'm calling people that I've never really 
talk to like on a daily basis, I'm calling them like, you know, every other day. Yeah. <laughs> what are any last thoughts for you guys that you guys want to tell about on this podcast? It doesn't sound like it, but our show is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think, I, I guess that I, I'm worried that institutions are going to say that now is not the time to talk about the issues uh, that are systemic in our healthcare system. I am worried that like, um, you know, people who are, are facing this every day are not being taken care of, they're not being protected. And we're, we're just not talking about it enough. Yeah. We'll never be able to talk about it enough for me personally, but um, it is the time. It's the time to talk about it right now. I've been seeing a lot of memes saying that like, you know, nurses are, you know, just memes where nurses and healthcare staff and everything, like, a lot of alcohol and healthcare workers mixing. And I'm like, that is not good, (laughs) you know? And, um, you know, I want, I know that there's a truth, there's every truth behind a joke, so. Yeah. Well, you guys were definitely (laughs) so interesting to interview and your show is just so incredible. I'm definitely gonna go see it and invite all my friends to go see it the minute. We'll let you know when it's back on the, back on its feet. We could, we do you want us to send you like we like we could send a track or some stuff Remember like songs yeah but thank you guys again and thank you to everybody who listened to this episode of gigless thank you for listening to the gigless podcast hosted by remy levevic and produced by dane wagner the song used for our intro and outro is Beachwalk by Unicorn Heads. If you enjoyed this podcast, head over to our social media pages on Instagram at Gigless Podcast and our website, gigglesspodcastblog.wordpress.com. There you can find out more about the artist, contact the host and producer, and find out more about our schedule. Thank you.